Welcome to Divorce Explained, the podcast where we answer your questions and navigate the process of divorce together. Sharing real stories and personal experiences, this is your guide through it all. With your hosts, family law specialist Steve Benmore and divorce lawyer and strategist Leanne Townsend. Yes, so the topic is mediation and arbitration. And uh, I think this is a great topic as I'm preparing for trial because, um, you know, it's a very different process than having a matter, you know, go to trial. And there's pros and cons with each mode and certain files are more suitable for each mode. So I, I think it's great that we're talking about it. And I should add, Steve, you actually are both a mediator and an arbitrator in addition to, you know, being able to, you know, represent a client at trial and, and all of that. So. You, you offer those services right in your practice. So let's first define for the benefit of our viewers, what is this thing called MedArm? And then what I thought would be valuable for our listeners is if we went back and forth like a tennis match and started with the pros of MedArm, and we'll go back and forth on that. And then we'll do the cons of MedArm. And then we'll do a wrap up and describe situations where it works and situations where it may not work. So first, what is this thing called mediation arbitration? A lot of people don't even know what mediation means. So let's start with what mediation is. Mediation is a voluntary process where people hire one person. The person's a mediator. They're not someone that gives advice. They might have legal training. They might be a lawyer. They could also be a social worker or a psychologist. And their role is strictly to try to find common ground. There are many different kinds of mediation. There's facilitative mediation where the mediator doesn't give any opinion. The mediator just simply facilitates the communication between the two sides. Facilitating it these days could sometimes mean by Zoom where they're in separate breakout rooms and the mediator goes in and out of the rooms. In the old times, old like before COVID, people would go to mediators and the mediators would put people in different rooms or sometimes bring the people into the same room together. And so that's facilitated mediation. There's evaluative mediation where the mediator actually uses their years of expertise. I do a lot of evaluative mediation whereby I say to people, you know what, that argument might work. That argument might not work. A judge might not buy that story. A judge might buy that story. And it moves people away from their original positions and closer to settlement. So that's a value to mediation. And there's a variety of other ones. Um, Hillary Linton, who was my teacher in mediation, um, her whole thing was uh, self-determination. In other words, mediation is a forum, in her opinion, where people determine the outcome through their own actions and omissions, as opposed to having the mediator sort of impose his or her views on them. Arbitration is the equivalent of going to court and having a judge adjudicate, having a judge slam the mallet on the table and say, I decided that dad gets custody or mom gets custody or the house gets sold. So what's this thing called a combination of mediation arbitration is where you either hire one person to do both or you hire uh, a team, one person who's going to do the mediation and one person who's going to do the arbitration. And once you sign a med arb agreement, then you are locked into it. You cannot escape it. You cannot go to court outside of the med arb agreement. And it's a binding process, so much so that if you try to get out of it, uh, the other side will bring a motion in family court asking for what's called a stay of the court proceeding because you've signed a med arb agreement and you are bound by the med arb agreement. So mediation arbitration is a process, one of many, that's available in family matters. 
in order to resolve affairs. It's used a lot in other areas of law too. But for today's purposes, we're only going to be talking about mediation and arbitration in the context of family law. Some people use mediation and arbitration right when they split up uh, to deal with all of the issues from property division, child support, spousal support, the house. And some people use med arb in the second go around. Like, for example, they settled everything in their separation agreement. And then they know that in the future, they're going to have some issues that, to, that need to be resolved. So they put in the separation agreement a term that says, in the future, if there are disputes, we go to MedArb. And that's called the submission to MedArb. So MedArb happens in the original divorce, and sometimes it happens in second or third generation of revisions and variations uh, following a divorce. So with that said, uh, Leanne, give me, give me an example of why you would recommend MedArb to a client. Um, well, one of the reasons that I might recommend it is that it can be a faster process. Uh, the courts uh, tend to be, it tends to be a very slow process and often can take years between when you first commence an application and you if, you, if it ends up going to trial and you get a resolution, that can take years. But, you know, the trial I have coming up, this client came to me in 2018. So, you know, he's been with me that long and we're finally going to trial. So it can take a lot longer with mediation arbitration. It's much, much faster depending on the availability of the, the mediation or arbitrator um, but and you know the disclosure has been exchanged and all of that stuff but it can definitely be a much faster process and more efficient excellent point another great reason for MedArb is you the client gets to choose your judge and more importantly you get to choose a judge that you know is fair is balanced is knowledgeable in the area of law in which you are bringing a problem to, nothing can be worse than going to court and finding out on the first day of trial, like Leanne is about to start trial soon, finding out on the first day of trial that the trial judge assigned to her doesn't know anything about family law because they practiced criminal law for the last 35 years before they became a judge. And so then Leanne has to sort of politely or diplomatically inform the judge of certain legal propositions that the lawyers know inside and out, but the judge might not because the judge doesn't come from that background. And that's frustrating and even worse for the litigants who they want a specialist who knows what they're talking about. If you had a heart problem, you would definitely not go and see an ear, nose and throat doctor. So if you have a family law problem, you ideally would like the person that's going to solve the problem to have significant expertise in family law. And MedArb allows you to shop the market and to find, provided, of course, the other side agrees, with the highest qualified candidate who will mediate and arbitrate your problem. Another advantage is that it's private. Um, often in these family law disputes, you know, parties can be known to say some pretty nasty things or exchange um, allegations uh, about what the other party did. Maybe there's some embarrassing things that one or both parties have done that they don't really want to be a matter of public record. They would rather keep it private because if you go to court, the pleadings are a matter of public record. And so certain things um, it, it's, can be made public where 
whereas the mediation arbitration process can be done can be done in a private way so if you know if you had a problem with alcohol for example at some point and your spouse is making all sorts of allegations about what you did when you were struggling with that problem you don't have to worry about it being you know a matter of public record and you know for a lot of people um that can be very beneficial another and for your children and right. for your children, that it's not getting out what their parents did or didn't do. Mm -hmm. uh, just for the, for the benefit of uh, annotating what Leanne said, and then I'll give another bonus. Um, if you were to go to www.canli.org, C-A-N-L-I-I.org, and you were to keyword search the name of somebody that you know who was in family court, there's a good chance you will find their whole story online available to the global public. And if you can find it, your children can find it. And if your children can find it, your children's friends can find it. And nobody wants to walk, to have a child walk down the hall of high school, to have other children look at them and snicker and know that their father slept with the neighbor or the mother had an addiction. And that's one of the benefits what Leanne was talking about in terms of confidentiality, because the material in a Met Arb does not become public record and uh, it does in court proceedings. Okay, another positive idea for Med Arb is that the amount of time that you devote to your divorce in Med Arb is always shorter than court. And when I say always, some would say, well, really always? Yes, always, and I'll tell you why. The simplest cases get settled really fast in med arb, oftentimes in mediation. The middle complex cases get settled faster in med arb than in a two or three year litigation. The most complicated of cases, and I've had a few that went on for years in med arb, were still shorter than what would have happened in court. And I'll tell you why. Two reasons, one I already mentioned. The first reason is you don't have to educate the judge on the family law principles because the arbitrator knows it inside and out. So that speeds up the process. Reason number two, a day in court is five and a half hours. A day in mediation arbitration is anywhere from seven to 10 hours. Now do the math. Basically, three days in court is the equivalent of a day to a day and a half in mediation arbitration. It's almost double. So if you are looking at a case that's gonna take 10 hours, you're gonna spend three days in court. If you're looking at a day, a case that's 10 hours, you're gonna spend one to one and a half days in mediation arbitration. And so the amount of time involved is reduced. Now, make no mistake, if you are reducing the time in court, um, you are reducing your legal fees. If you're increasing the time in court, it does not cost you more to pay for the judge. It comes from your tax dollars. If you increase the amount of time in MedArc, you're paying your lawyer and you're paying the mediator arbitrator. So there is a bit of a balancing act that needs to occur to determine uh, which one is better, but it's been my professional experience that the overall savings in MedArb exceed um, the extra cost of paying a private mediator arbitrator 
for the two reasons that I just mentioned. Another advantage as well is just the overall approach. It's a more solution-oriented, amicable type of approach than often being adversaries in court can be. So, you know, particularly in situations where you have children and you're going to go on and be co-parenting your children for years, um, MedArb can be, a, particularly the, med, the mediation part of it, but even with the arbitration, it can be a great way to try and focus on what really is best for the children and what do they need and we don't need to call each other names and go back and forth and, and write nasty letters back and forth that, you know, creates sometimes more conflict and a more hostile environment and gets everyone's back up so that it's harder to find a solution. It's more solution focused. It's less conflict ridden. It's less hostile. And I think for people with children, that approach is a much, much better approach uh, for the long term um, and, you know, to just be effective co-parents. And I'll give you one more and then we're going to go negative and talk about the reasons not to do it. But let me give you one more. One more is a hybrid answer. I'm actually squeezing two reasons into one. Uh, case management and the pressure to settle. So what do I mean by both, both of those? Case management means, unlike court, when you go to court, you might get a different judge each time. And each time you're going to get a different story. And sometimes the judge is going to be favorable to you. And sometimes the judge is not. And it's confusing to the parties because one day the husband will think, oh, well, I heard what I wanted to hear. This is great. And then the head gets inflated. And then the next day, the wife hears something that's different than the first judge's comments. And so now it's unclear. And because you've got this revolving door of judicial experiences, it's not particularly helpful. So case management with one person, one mediator arbitrator, definitely is a really good tool to bring the case to a close from beginning to end. Now, the flip side of that is the dagger. What are you talking about? What dagger? The dagger lies over everybody's head in MedArb when you have the same mediator arbitrator. So if you go to MedArb and you're using one mediator arbitrator and the mediator goes back and forth and back and forth and each side is inching towards a resolution and the mediator leans into one side and says, you know, if you do this, we could settle the case. If you give this up, we might be able to settle the case. And the person says, absolutely not. For all of these reasons, I will not do that. Well, me as the lawyer in the room privately will tell the person, you do know that that's your arbitrator. And you do know that if you don't settle, that's the girl or that's the guy that's going to be adjudicating your case. And so may I suggest that you make that compromise because if you ask me, I don't think the mediator buys that argument or the mediator knows that that's a weak argument. And so the ability to have a lawyer I don't know. I've lost Steve, I think, but I don't know if it's me who's lost or Steve. Uh... So if you're listening, maybe if you could comment below which one of us, if you can hear me, whether it's Steve or me who uh, is uh, disconnected here, that would be great.
Oh, we've lost. It was Steve, so I'm sure he'll uh, come back. Um, but uh, just elaborating on what he was saying, um, you know, you do have a situation where the, the person who is now adjudicating your case has heard information um, that if, you know, if you were in court and it was a judge, they would not have heard that information. Um, and so, you know, it, sometimes people get concerned uh, or they hold back sometimes um, in, in the mediation because they're concerned about the potential adjudicator hearing certain things. So sometimes it can affect the, oh, I see Steve's here. So just let me bring him back in. There you are. I guess the cyber world didn't like the last comment. <laughs> well, we don't know what the last comment was because uh, we didn't hear it. So I know uh, you you were talking for a bit when it was seemed like you were uh, right. So I was so. talking about the dagger. The dagger is this: when you're working with a one-person mediator arbitrator, and the person's going back and forth trying to settle the case, and most mediators are really they work hard to settle cases. I work hard to settle cases. I don't want it to go to arbitration. I don't want to have to impose my views on people. I want them to reach an agreement on their own. You know, the old teach a man to fish. So the point is, the dagger is knowing that that same person will insert his or her own decision on you if you do not reach the decision on your own. So. I like mediation arbitration for the purposes of the fact that there's this dagger that hangs over their heads and they don't want to take a chance and have the mediator arbitrator impose a decision on them that they're not going to be happy with. They would much rather um, make a concession than take the risk. Whereas in court, people will hear a recommendation by the settlement conference judge and it's not uncommon for us to hear lawyers in the hallway say, well, we don't have to listen to the settlement conference judge. He or she will not be our trial judge. We're going to get a whole fresh, a fresh view from the trial judge. And it's not necessarily um, confidence building to hear one judge say it's going to go wrong this way and have your lawyer say, oh, disregard that. We're going to go in front of another judge. Okay, so now for the negatives. So what are the negatives? You want to start with one, Leanne? Sure. So one of the negatives can be if there's a power imbalance. Now, in, in the whole process, there is screening done for domestic violence and power imbalances. So mediators and arbitrators are taught to, to screen for that. Um, but that can sometimes be a problematic situation if there is a power imbalance where one party is fearful of the other party, um, where one party is much more financially savvy. You know, often there's a situation where one partner is extremely financially savvy. They were the breadwinner and their partner, you know, stayed at home and looked after the children and doesn't understand financial stuff. And so, you know, that can create an imbalance as well. But certainly in cases where there's been domestic violence and abuse, there's definitely a power imbalance between the parties. And one of the things with um, mediation and arbitration is that it can, there are various formats for it. And sometimes people go and they do it on their own in order to save costs. They don't bring a lawyer with them. They just go as a couple and they sit down with the, the mediator arbitrator. In other situations, people do it with their lawyers. It's lawyer assisted. And so if there's a power imbalance, you know, that 
having your lawyer there to advocate for you can can make up for for that but if you're going on your own um well the mediator they have to be careful about that because you know they don't want somebody who's who's a victim of somebody else agreeing to things and conceding things um coming from a place of fear that may not be in their interest and so they you know that person will need a lawyer to advocate that interest so so a power imbalance you know it can still be mediation arbitration can still be effective in those situations but it is something that has to be flagged and dealt with appropriately um mediation arbitration is a a expensive proposition because you're paying for it privately out of your own pocket and for those people that are involved in high conflict cases um the cost could be endless it could run and run and run and run i had a med arb uh that ended about two years ago that i think went on for about over the course of three years about 90 days and it cost the people uh over four hundred thousand dollars in med arb fees forget the lawyer fees the lawyer fees were you know double triple that so so some cases um are not appropriate for med arb simply because um some people could take advantage of the process and deliberately use the um the financial cost in a war of attrition to try to injure the other side by dragging things out by bringing endless motions by um uh lengthening the the length of a hearing calling witnesses that need not be called and uh, and 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 in in other ways of financial abuse so there are cases that do require us lawyers to scrutinize and filter to determine if it's an appropriate case for med arb there are many cases that are appropriate for med arb and just like Leanne said there are some cases including ones where there's domestic violence or power imbalance that are not appropriate for med arb and on that point i think it's interesting that you raise that because one of the things a lot of people think about med arb is they think it's cheaper you know they us lawyers have this bad reputation uh and it's i don't think it's deserved on on many of us but there is that reputation out there that we want to go to court and we want to create conflict and we want to run up the costs and that you know mediation arbitration is going to be a much cheaper route to go and that's often a selling point to some people but as you just pointed out Steve that isn't necessarily the case so people can be misled by that at times um i was involved in a med arb that before i was hired the parties themselves chose the mediator arbitrator and then i came along and within a couple sessions with the mediator arbitrator i was not impressed um i found it to be a mediator arbitrator who met well but this person um had very strongly held views and made them very clear very beginning of the case and made it evident to me that it would be very hard to surmount these very strongly held beliefs and from the very get go i told my client that i didn't think that she was going to get a fair hearing and it influenced her ability to negotiate a fair outcome given that this particular mediator arbitrator was disclosing uh, their view um on what was right and what was wrong so early without even really appreciating what the evidence was going to be and so um sometimes med arb is not good if you made the wrong choice because as i said to you at the beginning of this uh a program once you are in you cannot get out and judges will not disqualify a mediator arbitrator on your say so that they are 
uh, biased or unfair. You know, your remedy is to go through the whole process, through the whole arbitration, get a decision, and then appeal it. And it's just too expensive to do that. Yeah. Well, I think that this has been a really good summary for our listeners of the, the many pros and there are a few cons uh, with MedArg. It's certainly something for people to consider. So thanks everyone for tuning in. Thanks, Steve. And uh, we will see you here again next week. And then I may have to take a little hiatus for a couple of weeks while my trial is going. Good luck with your trial, Leanne. Yeah. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of Divorce Explained. If you enjoyed it, don't forget to head on over to Instagram and follow at Steve Benmore and at Leanne Townsend Life for more. And if you're looking for specific divorce services, you can visit benmore.com and leannetownsend.ca. We hope today's episode made you feel informed and inspired as you move along through your divorce journey. Tune in next week for Divorce Explained.